Come with me and you'll be in a world of cinematic adventures. Hello, welcome back to Cinematic Adventures. Today is day two of Black History Month. And today my guest is... Hi, I'm SJW9000. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Today you wanted to talk... Okay, so before we get into it, you wanted to talk about the movie Ray. But first, you <laughs> had a challenge for me? I, well, I mean, oh, geez, I, I, that sounds very Thunderdome-ish. But I mean, sure, if you want to take it as a challenge, yeah. Okay, so so we... Yeah, right. So we had been talking on Twitter and DMs, and we were talking about just, you know, what we wanted to do for the recording, and you were telling me about your show and some of the things that you had talked about prior to this, and you had brought up that you had convinced um, someone that was on the podcast that Die Hard was not a Christmas movie. Uh-huh. And I thought that that was really interesting. And I was like, oh, wow. Because, you know, there's that whole thing every year. Everybody's like, oh, Die Hard, is, is it a Christmas movie or not? So I was like, okay, I want to go check that out and listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I have a contention with an aspect of your argument that you use to kind of seal the deal for why Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie, okay? Okay. Now, you said, you're, okay, so you were saying how Die Hard wouldn't be a Christmas movie because the movie isn't actually about Christmas, but that Gremlins was a Christmas movie because it is actually about Christmas. You had said that Gremlins being a Christmas movie was that Gizmo was a Christmas president and taking Christmas out would completely change the story. So it is inherently a Christmas movie. Whereas if you took Christmas out of Die Hard, it's it wouldn't hard change free. anything. Yeah, you, you said it would just be a different office party. Right. I would argue that your logic for saying that Gremlins is a Christmas movie would have to extend to Die Hard as well because Gizmo could have just as easily been a birthday present as opposed to a Christmas present and it still wouldn't have changed the story either way. I actually mentioned that in the episode because I said it had had it been a birthday present, it wouldn't have worked because you don't look so hard for a birthday present. You're just like, oh, I have to get somebody a birthday present. That's arguable. No, okay. So because when it comes to Christmas, people have such pressure to get it right. Your birthday, people don't generally give that much of a shit. It's like, oh, there's this relative that has a birthday. It's not that big a deal. But Christmas, you have a lot of people to buy for and you have a lot of pressure to get the right, just the right thing. And I feel like that was the environment for Gremlins, which is why he ended up with Gremlins. And I don't think that that would have stood had it been a birthday present because you can just go and buy anything from Walmart for a birthday. But Christmas, there's more of this pressure to get just the right gift. You could, I feel like, okay, I feel like you can make that argument, but I don't feel that that means that it's inherently intrinsic that the movie has to be about Christmas because of that. What What you're more so arguing is about the difficulty or the urgency of finding a really good gift but you could still use a different situation and it not have to be about christmas because besides the fact that he's a christmas present Mm -hmm. there's nothing else about the movie that really has anything to do with christmas okay so then gremlins isn't a christmas movie but anything else i but i will argue that batman (laughs) returns is a christmas movie whereas gremlins and die hard is not because christmas is a integral part of that story and I will argue that Batman Returns is just a shit movie in general. So, like, <laughs> I don't even. I mean, like, I, I mean that that's fair. That it's way. not my favorite of the Batman movies, but it. I would say that that a stronger argument can be made for Batman Returns being a Christmas movie than Die Hard ever. And I love Die Hard, by the way. 
I mean, I feel like you're still on my side because my point, my whole point is that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. So no, no, you no, can claim I, I, that I agree. Some, something else is, and that's fine. You can say Batman Returns is that. Okay, sure, go for it. And you can say Gremlins <laughs> isn't. All right, cool. But Die Hard still isn't. So no, I, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. Not, not so much that I was trying to challenge that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but mm-hmm. your argument for why it wasn't, I felt could have been used against Gremlins as well. And but yeah, I had to get that I, off my I, chest I because I was listening episode, to it this morning, and I was like. Yeah, I was like, besides it being a Christmas present, I'm like, if it would have been like an anniversary gift, the movie would still work the same way. I don't think so because of the extenuating circumstances that I mentioned. But as I said, even in the episode, like if I I wasn't saying that uh, Gremlins absolutely is. I said you could make a case that Gremlins is before Die Hard. So I was that's not a hill for me to die on. I was just bringing that <laughs> You're up. not dying on the Gremlins as a Christmas movie hill? No, and the, like re-listen to the episode, <laughs> I was just bringing it up as a like I would like it was it was just like something I threw out of left field like Gremlins is more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. But that doesn't mean like I'm that's I don't care. <laughs> I don't care whether Gremlins is considered a Christmas movie or not. But Die Hard isn't, and that's my point. Can we can we both agree then that the ultimate Christmas movie is Don't you say Batman? No, <laughs> okay. no. Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way is absolutely a Christmas movie. See, I mean, yes. I mean, the ultimate. I mean, listen, anything with Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger in it is a is, <laughs> is a hit. Okay, I mean, I how could you go it's wrong? The ultimate. It's because it's not uh, even my favorite. My favorite Christmas movie is Christmas in Connecticut. I it's, you know I why say, it's it's honestly terrible this shit. I've never seen Christmas in Connecticut, but Jingle All the Way is terrible. Um, the reason, part of the reason why Christmas in Connecticut is my favorite Christmas movie is because it takes place in the 1940s, and there is a black woman who is treated like a normal person. She wow. knocks on the door to deliver a get to deliver a fur coat to the main character, and the main character like opens the door. She's not a servant. She's working. That's her job. She's delivering this um, this fur coat. And the main character opens the door and says, hello, and treats her like a normal person. And then, you know, the lady's like, oh, delivery. And um, and the woman's like, oh, thank you. Merry Christmas. Like like a normal person. And then the lady's like, thanks. You know, and she leaves. And then the next instance of a black person is a guy who, again, is working. He's not a servant. He's at work. He's working at a restaurant owned by her. Um, so the main character has like a like an uncle he's not really her uncle but it's like you know like a family friend kind of thing and he owns Mm -hmm. this restaurant he's from a different country and he doesn't understand all of english he's he's fairly fluent in english but there are some words he still doesn't know right and so um she says catastrophe and he's like oh okay and he has no idea what it means so in order to understand something that he doesn't know he turns to a black man that works for him and he says what does this word mean and the guy gives him the textbook definition. He says, it's from the Greek. It means blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, oh, okay. He's like, is it good? And he's like, no, it's not good. And so it's an instance where in two, like there are two scenes with black people in them. And in both scenes, they are treated, not, they're treated not only like normal people, but in one scene, like somebody actually goes to him for information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, they're, like, they're not they're not only treated like normal people, but they're actually in an instance used as a um, a cons- uh, object of authority. Smart. Yeah. 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 And again, both people are working. Neither of them are servants or slaves or butlers or anything like that. They're just people at work. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 
that that's one of the as that, that's an aspect of it that I like. But it, the reason why it's my favorite movie is because I actually like the story. It's like a, a cute rom com. That's like it's one of those like anything that can go wrong will. Kind of situations. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I think it's fun. So uh, that is my favorite Christmas movie, and it is absolutely a Christmas movie, unarguably. And this is actually a good segue into the movie that we're actually going to talk about. Indeed. Segue. So why did you pick Ray? Well, um, do you want the real answer or? (laughs) Uh, Okay, the the literal answers are there. (laughs) Well, there's two. The literal, like circumstantial answer is because all the other movies that i had suggested you had already covered and or someone already had booked so i ended up with ray but the other reason was because out of the ones that i had left to choose from this was the one that i was the most familiar with and was my favorite out of my like leftover options and my my main reason for choosing ray is because this was the movie that i was the most familiar with out of the options that i had left i had seen ray when it first came out back in 2004 which it does not feel like that movie is almost 20 years old but jesus it does for uh, me because i rewatched really? it last night and i felt like i'd never seen it because i was like i know i've seen this movie why do i not know anything that goes on in it for me, it was as if I've never, I had never seen it. I know I've seen it I've like two or three times before, but it was so long ago that by the time I saw it again, I was like, like for example, like I sent you, I think I sent you a message when I was like, oh, they don't talk about why he wrote the song Georgia, and then I was mm. like, oh no, they do, but they somehow bring up the instance why he wrote the song after you hear him playing the song, and I'm like, what kind of shit? That doesn't mm. make any sense, but okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was, I was glad that I had rewatched it again before we talked about it because there were aspects of it that I couldn't remember, like his history with his mother and his childhood, what happened to his brother, uh, you know, how he lost his sight in the first place. Well, not necessarily how it wasn't like there was some big origin story. It just kind of just started happening one day, at least as far as how the movie's concerned. They origin don't really story. You make him sound like Daredevil. There was honestly, okay, <laughs> honestly, don't lie. There was that moment where he's having a flashback to where he's a kid and he like trips over the rocking chair and he's calling for his mom and mm-hmm. she's like in the kitchen and her instinct is to go help him. But mm-hmm. she like refuses to because she's trying to like let him learn how to you know function on his own and he has this moment where like he can like hear the 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 cart of horses going down the street and he can hear like the kettle of tea boiling and i was like is he gonna start doing like fucking backflips and shit is this gonna turn into daredevil like holy shit he's like he's like i can hear you too mom you're right there i was like holy shit i was like he is daredevil (laughs) i was like get this man a suit in a in a in a fucking law degree uh, we got our new Matt Murdock. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So that, uh, I don't think we did yesterday. So today, you know, it, it comes back around. We talk about Marvel. So a, a thing about my podcast is every single episode, there's some kind of way that either Star Wars or the MCU will be brought up in some kind of manner. That's I didn't, awesome. I technically did. I said Daredevil. But, you know, it. so, yeah, it's it's still me, technically. <laughs> I was about That's to be awesome. like, I didn't say it. And then I was like, yeah, I did. Damn it. <laughs> it's funny when, when I used to do a podcast with my best friend, somehow we always ended up 
every episode talking about the 1989 Batman in some way, shape, or form. We always ended up talking about Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Batman. That is the weirdest thing ever because, like, and I'm saying this from someone who literally always brings it back. I don't know how. You would think Star Wars was my favorite, like, series ever. It's actually Mm -hmm. not. I like the Avengers and the Matrix way better, but everything boils down to Star Wars. (laughs) Like, somehow... Somehow things tie in the Star Wars. I don't know how I do that or why. It just happens. It's just it's because always... Star Wars is is a very I mean, look, I know some Star Wars fans are gonna probably hate me for saying this. They're gonna cancel your podcast, so get ready. Oh, thanks. But cancel Star him, Wars. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Star Wars is a very basic story. It, it's it, it's a really simple template of the hero's journey. So a lot of other stories are very similar and it's really easy to draw everything back to it because it's not really doing anything different. It's just telling the hero's journey. Yeah, that's it. It is. It's it's like so it's real easy when you're talking about a different story to just be like, oh, yeah, it's like Star Wars It's like, yeah, well, yeah, because Star Wars just went to the source and was like, just make that. I, so I, in Ray, yeah, right. Yeah, well, one of the things no. that I really did enjoy about Ray was the fact that even though it was a pretty, for the most part, it was a pretty by the numbers biopic. You know, like it, it's it, it's not that much different from say Walk the Line or from the Queen biopic or the um uh what was the one uh the Elton John well not the Elton John one was a bit different because yeah, I was, was gonna say like Rocket Man was kind of fantastical yeah. yeah but but I mean it, it's, as far as these kind of stories go it was kind of formulaic in that sense but I think that the performances is what really carried this movie for me like I really 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 understand watching it in retrospect why jamie fox won an oscar for this because like oh yeah there was there was no point because usually when when i see movies like this it's always okay this is x actor playing x real life character in this there was never a point where he did anything that broke the character for me he always felt felt like like ray charles Charles. exactly the whole time and it's kind of weird from from the mannerisms to how he walked and how like he was fidgeting and shit when he was all strung out on heroin and shit like he had it down yeah because and here's the thing like i grew up in the 80s right i grew up watching ray charles in real life Mm-hmm. And when I watched this again, like when I watched it in the theater and then when I watched it again last night, it takes a minute for you to realize, wait, that's not actually Ray Charles, Jamie Foxx. Like, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he, he does it so well. He like he nailed it because, you know, that whole like little sway that Ray has. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. And, and like, the little rock he, he does. He like yeah, holds he himself like, with both up. arms. He like exactly. holds himself. Yeah. And he, he like nailed kicks, it. kicks his head back when he laughs and shit. Yeah. Like, it, it was it was things like that. And then plus two, it was how they focused on him as a person with him struggling with his demons as far as, you know, his drug addiction, mm-hmm. um, um, him being a womanizer, his 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 issues with um his disability his issues dealing with the trauma of his little brother dying when he was a kid and how he blamed himself for that and how that was a big driving factor of his heroin addiction was him trying to run away from yeah. you know his his PTSD from his watching his brother die really young like all that stuff is what kind of set it apart from other biopics about musicians for me was because 
the performances were really well done and the way they told his story was really well done. And, yeah, and really I, I enjoyed this because, like you said, it was one of the few predominant African-American-led movies that doesn't have us in a situation where we're at the service of someone else or there's a white savior that comes and, and, and saves him or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was very inspiring to watch him go to the, 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 the record studio and say like, Hey, if you want me to leave who I'm with and come over here, not only are you going to have to pay me more, but I want to own the, the masters, masters of yeah. my music. What do you call that country smart or country stupid or something like that? Yeah, it was so. Yeah, I forget exactly what he, he had. A couple little catchphrases throughout the movie, a little like colloquial southern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was good. Yeah, I really like that one. It was, it was, it was really inspiring to see because th- there were elements of it that, because, like I said, I'm a leftist and I, I view things through that lens. There were elements of it that did bother me, where it was like this self-determination pick yourself up by your bootstraps mentality to like an absurd degree like i get his mother not wanting him to be a cripple as she would call it but at the same time i feel there were it was almost like given a message of even when you need help it's wrong to ask for it and that kind of bothered me a little bit i i get that but i also understand because you have to look at it through the lens of the time that they were in. That's true. Yeah. And when you yeah. look at it through that lens. And he's black and, exactly, you know, disabled. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. When you look at it through the lens of the time frame that they were in and he's a black boy who lost his sight, it's either he's going to be 100 percent taken advantage of or he's going to 100 percent take care of himself. There was there was no nuance for that for his situation. Yeah, I mean, so hell, I the it. first the first interaction we see with him with a white person at the beginning, the bus driver, you know, he he immediately starts like getting shitty with him. He's like, you know, I, I won't be taking no, you know, orders from you, boy, and all this shit. And it's like, wow. Yeah, and and exactly, and think about it's it, like he's like, fucking blind, man. Like, I mean, I get it, you're racist, but holy shit, man! Like, do you have the, any empathy? But even that interaction, the reason why he didn't want to take him was because he was like, I don't want to take care of a blind guy. And so the reason, the way he was able to get on that bus is because his mom made him not be taken care of, because mm-hmm. he could take care of himself. And like, mm-hmm. he even had the you know like the trick with the socks, like the numbers. To let right, him know what right. color, you know, so he could match the colors. I, I feel like he needed that in order to be who he was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not, because she she sends him off to that, like, uh, school for the blind when he's yeah. young. And, you know, that that helped him learn how to function, <clears throat> and you know, in, in the outside world. Because, you know, at, at that time, you know, I, I don't want to talk too confidently about something I don't know that much history behind. But I assume that at that time our understanding of how blind people functioned in the world wasn't as advanced as we are now. So there are things that blind people have access to now that Ray would have never had as an option when he was growing up. So there was like different little tricks, like with him in the shoes. Cause you know, he never used like a, the seeing eye cane thing. Right. You know what I mean? The thing that blind people use, like he yeah. just used his shoes and his he shoes. would kind of, waddle and just kind of kick things as he walked around to like get echolocation and shit which all that stuff was really fascinating too like with how he made sure that they paid him in singles so they couldn't cheat him out of his money exactly well because that first guy did cheat him yeah mm-hmm. 
Yep. So that's which when he came which up that with that was another aspect role. that really bothered me throughout the movie. How many black folks took advantage of him because he couldn't see? Like everybody he was on the road with. Yep. To, it, it, it it was almost like reverse racism it was really weird because it was like the only and i don't know if this could be looked at as a white savior aspect but it seemed like the only people who never fucked him over were his original managers like the uh was it the bald guy um the original manager was the black woman no okay okay not her. i should say time. yeah i should say once he started actually recording albums i should say oh um, um the turkish guy yeah, yeah, his producers and all that shit. Yeah. yeah, those guys. Like, like they seem to be the only people that ever actually had his back. Everybody else in his life was, like, either fucking him financially, keeping him high so he didn't know what the fuck was going on with the, you know, like, how, how the money should be distributed and shit like that. One of the things that did bother me about Ray himself, though, <clears throat> besides how callous he was to how he treated women throughout the movie, like, that shit bothered me a lot. Like, I get that you love your wife and family, but that doesn't excuse just how you would just toss women to the side like they were nothing at, like, the drop of a hat. Like, that, that shit gets really me, though, me. is, like, I sent you that message. I was like, what the shit? Like, all these women are flocking to him. They know he's married. They knew when they got with him. They knew he was married and had a family at home. And then he wasn't going to leave the family. And yet they still they still got with him anyway. And then they allowed themselves to have this fantasy of him leaving his family for them when you knew you were a side piece the whole time. Like, to me, it's that's almost true. like, how are you going to have the nerve to get jealous when you are the side piece? That That's true, but I think that there's a power dynamic there, though, too. I mean, he oh, is the star was. of the band. You know, yeah. they're, they're nobody's trying to, you know, get their break in, you know, uh, show business and shit. So I, I, could, I could see how he could use that to his advantage. Plus, too, because he has a disability, he's not as... He doesn't come across as a much of a threat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like he seems unassuming. So it's like, oh, well, you know, like he's just, you know, whatever. He's being flirty or whatever, but he's harmless. Like, like I, I made a joke to my girlfriend when we were watching the movie that I was like, I don't know what Ray was doing, but he was dicking these bitches down because every single one of these girls that he fucked lost a goddamn mind. That's they went what I crazy. <laughs> they went crazy watching. about him. I was they like, call his house, they follow him. How is he like all these women are falling for him and they know he has a family. Like they knew when they got with him and they were <clears> still like, how dare you not come back to me? I'm like, bitch, you the second. Like what? <laughs> well, it, it wasn't just that they would get with him in the first place. It was like after they got with him, they were fucking. They were they were a hook like lockstep they were like uh-uh i'm your i'm your road woman like like what? like the 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 one chick she like busted out the window to the car with yeah the she brick. threw a brick in his window and i'm like the the other one she's calling doing? his house and shit she's like oh i came to la too he was like bitch he <laughs> 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 was like my family live here he was like don't you ever come around he's like i will see your ass in two weeks and we record next fuck that shit you know what it kind of reminds me of fences Mm, mm, okay have okay. you seen that mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. so you know what i'm talking about where like she she ended up raising his mm -hmm. child that he had from yep. an affair because mm -hmm. i kind of at the end i kind of thought that that's what she was going to do when she was just like so when she asked you know when the woman that he had been seeing oh when she overdosed yeah, yeah. marjorie yeah mm -hmm. and then his wife was like 
what about the baby? And he's like, you knew about that? And she's like, do you think I'm boo-boo the fool? I know about all of them. <laughs> right, right. She was like, yeah, I know he's born on this day, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And she was like, we need to send him some money. And Ray's like, I've been sending him money every month for months. I was like, holy shit. Like, Ray, God damn. Like, how many fucking families you got floating around out here? Holy shit. I know. I kind of want to see, like, a follow-up biopic that is, like, his children. <laughs> Ray to Electric like- Boogaloo. <laughs> Oh gosh. No, but like to see <laughs> from his children's standpoint what he was like as a father, both from yeah, his legitimate yeah. and illegitimate children. That that so was another aspect too that that bothered me. When when I was talking about the whole picking yourself up by your bootstraps thing, that was another aspect that bothered me too about how he refused to get weaned off of heroin that he had to do it cold turkey. It's like mm-hmm. you don't have to punish. It was almost like he was looking for some kind of like retribution. Like this was like punishment in, in some kind of way for, I don't know, like letting his brother die or for cheating on his wife or just for using drugs in the first place. Like, like it felt like he was like punishing himself. He was, I mean, that's how that for one. So there's two things to it for one, when people are, when people have an addiction or people are in this kind of situation that he was in, Mm-hmm. You do, you don't have good self-esteem. That's why he had, you know, that's why he had an addiction um, mm-hmm. or not. That's why, but like, that, that's part of having addiction. Um, right. And so, yeah, you kind of do want to punish yourself, especially in his situation where he blamed himself <clears throat> for his brother's death. So yes, he mm-hmm. wants to take some kind of punishment also. And, al- and also like his self-esteem was kind of tanked when his mother sent him away. Because he was still mm-hmm. pretty young when she sent him to, to the blind school. Oh, um, yeah. So all of that affects him. But then you also have the situation of he is the man he is because of that. Keep, you know, put keep, do things for yourself. Don't rely on anybody else. And that mm-hmm. extends to anything. So he had he realized that he, the reason why I, I the way the movie puts it, I feel like the reason why he decided to get off heroin is because he realized that he was using heroin in a manner that as like a crutch. So, you know, he, he was mm-hmm. raised to just to be self. Yeah, Cause he has that moment where he has that kind of like lucid dream or whatever, when he's an adult and his brother's there mm-hmm. and his mom's there and yep. she's like, Oh, you know, I'm so proud of you. You've done more than I could ever dream of, but you still let yourself become a cripple. Like exactly. to his because, drug addiction. Exactly. Yeah. And so he needs to kick it the only way he knows how, which is called Turkey. Because mm. when, like you saw in that kitchen, when he was a little boy, his mom didn't coddle him and explain to him how to learn, how to listen. He mm. figured it out. He, she left him alone to make him figure it out on his own. So that's mm. why. And I think that he was afraid when the doctor was like, we have a medicine that can like slowly, you know, wean you off of it. He doesn't want to be addicted to anything else. He doesn't want to use another crutch. He realizes that heroin had become a crutch for him. He doesn't want another crutch. He wants to be free of it. So Mm. I kind of, I get why he did it that way. But even, but even once he came out of that too, and remember the doctors like sitting in the little um, like activity room or whatever at the hospital at the rehabilitation with him, and he's talking to him. He's like, you know, you're past the worst part of the physical withdrawals now. Like he's like, you know, we're we're past that. He's like, now we need to start working on the psychological aspect, getting down to the root of what what's fueling your addiction. Like the addiction is not the problem. The addiction is a symptom of what the problem is. We can get down to what is driving you to try and self-medicate 
then we can actually help you. And he was still real apprehensive at that, though. Even though he had gotten past the point where it's like, okay, I don't want to do the drugs anymore. He was still running from actually addressing his trauma. Yeah, almost everybody does. Like, that's the whole reason you have an addiction. You're running from trauma. So Mm -hmm. people get people deal with their trauma when they're ready or sometimes never. That's yeah, just the nature of human true. beings. Like that's so that to me that made him uh, the thing that I liked about this whole movie is that he was very much a human being. He was oh, not yeah. a good guy. He was not a bad guy. He was a guy who did some good things and he did some bad things. And they did a really good job of making sure not to try and ignore what the racial relations were on the ground at that time, but they didn't make the movie about that. Well, you can't ignore it because it's part of his story. But right, at the same right. time, and, and again, that's what I want to do with the with the movies that I choose for Black History Month. You can't ignore racism. It's part of our story. Every oh, yeah, yeah. One of us. It's, an, it's as American as apple pie. Exactly. But at the same time, that's not what we are. That's not who we are. Mm. It's something we have to deal with, and we all come to terms with it in our own way. But that isn't that doesn't define us. We aren't black mm. because of racism. We are black. Racism exists. That's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the the movie perfectly showed that line. You have to include the racism because that was the situation. That's the environment that he lived in. Mm-hmm. And that so that that's why, like for me, this movie any movie honestly any of the movies that we're going to discuss this month they're all going to have aspects of racism i'm sure like from you know like stomp the yard didn't because it was all it took place in an all-black college but um there are going to be aspects of racism because our lives have aspects of racism it's intrinsic in being american but that yeah, it's a part of our life to, experience, yeah. Right, but the racism doesn't need to drive the narrative. And that's why the movies that I picked are the ones that, that are on that list, because our narrative doesn't need to be driven by the way we are treated in society. We can take we can set our own narrative. So that's why I liked Ray, and that's why I liked the movies that I'm gonna cover this month. We it's it's a situation where we set the narrative. So yeah, racism might be included, but it's not going to be the story. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And and another thing that I liked about this movie too is even though I've already expressed that I don't necessarily care for like the way that the women are treated throughout the movie, I did like that there were a lot of strong female characters in this. Like a surprising amount. Like it's almost an equal split if not more female to male characters well, in the movie yeah to me the strongest character in the entire movie was his mom oh yeah oh yeah 110 percent for sure oh yeah like i love that scene when she confronts her uh boss and shit about yeah. uh, her payment <laughs> i yep. love that shit uh and that's like that's how he learned how to take care of himself was mm-hmm. his mom you know through paying attention to his mom and he yeah, was but from his like wife, was. and then like even the women that you know he had in the band and that he slept with and stuff. Even though they all ended up going fucking crazy by the end of the relationship, they were all strong characters. You know, they were all independent. They all had their own, you well, know, dreams and aspirations to. and stuff. Yeah, like because like psychologically, you tend to be either attracted to your like for a partner you tend to be attracted to your opposite sex parent or you are repelled by it mm-hmm. so you either go for essentially you're looking for your mother 
or you want nothing to do with your mother and you want somebody that's the exact opposite. And mm. so for him, he was looking for his mother. Like, yeah, mm. all the women that he went, because you notice there are tons of women that were around, but he never hooked up with any of the women who like fawned over him. He hooked up with the women who almost were like, I don't need you. Right, right, right. He wanted a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I don't think it's so much that he wanted a challenge. It was that he, again, he, his mother was a strong woman and you go for your parents, you know? His, yeah, that, that's so fair. he looks for his mother, which is a strong woman. That's fair. So, that's fair. Um, so yeah, I, and I, I feel here, this is a lesson in writing. These women are strong women. They don't beat anybody up. They don't mm-hmm. fight anybody, but they're still strong women. And they're flawed. Yes, because they're, they're still strong characters, but they're still flawed. It's not like they're strong characters and they're like these example of virtue. It's like someone can still have problems exactly. and still be a strong protagonist actually you well like you were saying before you need the problems to make you strong oh yeah like the very first scene we see of his mother is her confronting someone who had taken advantage of her Mm -hmm. and that so like to bring it back to star wars ray is not a strong (laughs) female well because again everything comes back to star wars ray is not a Uh strong female character Mm -hmm. not at all just because she's like she has god mode powers but she didn't have to overcome anything. Nope. Literally everything just kind of happens for her and she just does things. And she's always this, you know, virtuous person. And that's, mm-hmm. it's not only boring, it's unrealistic. Meanwhile, yeah. this movie is filled with strong women who have struggles, who some of them overcame of them. Some of them didn't mm-hmm. like the yeah. one woman who, um, you know, the one, one woman threw a rock through his car, <laughs> through his windshield. Mm-hmm. And one woman actually died to her addiction. Mm-hmm. So, but again, it's to me that makes us all more realistic because like I feel like this is a movie of real people because nobody was perfect. There isn't there in this entire movie, there are no bad guys and there are no good guys, just a bunch of guys. Sometimes, sometimes some things, you know, you, you do things that are good, sometimes you do things that are bad. Like Ray was not a good guy. He oh, was no. also not no. necessarily a bad guy. He was just kind of no. a good guy. Yeah, he was he, he was layered. He well, even exactly. like 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 the perfect example. I think the perfect character for an example of that in this movie is his road manager. The guy who he ends up firing because he finds out that he's skimming money off the top. Yeah. But the reason why he was skimming money off the top is because he wasn't paying him well enough. Exactly. So it's and, not, and, he's and, not and bad, that was he's not good. <laughs> exactly. It's because that dude was like Ray's like number one right-hand dude. He took care of all of Ray's shit. He yep. lied for Ray. He hid Ray's drugs for him. He yep. hid the women away from his wife. He helped take care of the kids. He would drive Ray around. That but dude see, had his back to the end, and Ray was, wasn't paying him right. So well, he, he didn't treat him right either. He treated him like jar. a servant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially when the new guy came in, uh, that announcer dude, that yeah. dimmed the lights and all that. Once that dude came into the picture, oh, yeah, he was dead to him. And then, well, and not only that, but it, so even in all the things that you just mentioned that he did for him, half of those things were enabling him. Instead of letting the chips fall where they were and letting Ray get in trouble for his drugs or letting Ray get caught by his wife, he was enabling him. And so it, it gets to a point where, once you get clean, you have to let him go because it's too easy to fall back into those same patterns. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I would I would point that finger not so much at the road man. I mean, yes, he was facilitating that, yes, but I would point that finger more so at um fathead than anybody else. 
Like that dude was like literally supplying Ray with his drugs. Yes. But I oh, oh, necessarily... I, I got a question about that too. I got a question about that too. Yeah. Do you think that one of the reasons why Ray started using harder drugs was because he he saw that as a way like to wedge himself in socially with that group. Because remember earlier in the movie, they kept showing instances where the band would go hang out at the bar and shit like that. And they would always leave Ray behind and they never wanted nothing to do with him. And it never seemed like they really included him in anything until he started getting high with him. No, I don't think that because uh, remember when he would have those instances where he basically have like, a PTSD flashback. Yeah, yeah, with those the water getting, and stuff. Yeah, yeah those were yeah. getting stronger, so he needed something stronger to. True, true. Because I know that. he was self-medicating through weed prior to that. True, I, I, right. I agree with that. But and weed wasn't taking it away. Because like weed, from I've never done weed, but from what I understand, because like everybody mm. else that I know does, it like you <laughs> can get used to it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like, weeds, weeds, very easy to build a tolerance to. Right, and no, he's doing it for years. So I feel like he, I feel like he went up, not for that, but he was actively looking for the thing to take that away because, like you said, he wasn't <laughs> ready to face it yet, and it was mm-hmm. his um, his triggers were getting stronger. He was becoming triggered more easily, so he needed something to even him out. And I, I feel like he was looking for something stronger and he just kind of knew that they were doing something and he wanted in it wasn't so much for the social aspect i feel like that just kind of went with it see if if that's what they were trying to go for i feel like they should have showed him having his attacks prior to going up to the the bathroom because he initially goes to the bathroom and he's like oh when it come in there he's like oh we in here we busy and then when they tell him to go use the other one that's when he has the attack and and it happens again later where he goes to them they tell him to fuck off. He has an attack. And then they're like, man, are you good? He's like, man, I just need a hit of this shit. So it was like, I, I'm like, if if they wanted to portray it that way, I, I feel like they should have put the panic attack in front of that. So it would have like helped guide me there more. Cause I just right. felt like initially like, Oh, he's just trying to hang out. And he's like, Hey, they in there getting high. If I want to hang out with these motherfuckers, I, I should go in there and hang out with them too. Right. I, I but, see but, what you're saying. But like from but you made a strong argument for 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 why it was probably his PTSD that drove him to that. Yeah, because and another thing is um, they also I feel like they maybe glossed over it, which is why maybe you didn't catch it. But Mm -hmm. um, if you notice everybody else, he was able to do more. He was able to do the same amount of drugs, everybody else, but even out. Yeah. Whereas other people were like fathead. Perfect example. Fathead had been doing heroin longer than him. But he would mm-hmm. show up high. Ray was just mm-hmm. as high, but he could perform. Right, right. Well, hell, and, hell. They, they, they even kind of made an argument at some point in the movie that the reason his sound was the way it was was because he was high. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of artists do that. Stephen King wrote entire novels completely on crack. Mm-hmm. It's So it's not the drugs that make them do it, but they're depending on the drugs. And while they're on the drugs, they do, you know, these works. Um, so I don't want to say like drugs make things better. They don't, but yeah, no, we definitely don't want to start spreading that. (laughs) But but what happens is people with an addiction use their addiction as a crutch. And when they fully, what, what a crutch does is it makes you, it makes you feel okay when you don't feel okay. So without that Mm -hmm. crutch, you wouldn't feel okay because your demons are are right there. They're at your door. And so they Mm -hmm. keep the demons at the door long enough so that you can actually create 
That's mm-hmm. what people do when they use drugs as a crutch. So whether you're writing, drawing, the musician, whatever, some of the best works have been done because the people who can't handle the demons that they have at the door, the, like they're, star- they're storming the gates, whatever their crutch is, be it drugs or alcohol or sex or food, that crutch, when they're the deepest in it, that crutch is actually working to keep that stuff at bay. And now they're relaxed enough that they can create. But then what happens is a reckoning comes Mm -hmm. because you can't keep that stuff at bay forever. Mm -hmm. Just like with Ray, it comes, it comes back. It's going to get through. So eventually you're either going to overdose on whatever your addiction is, or it's going to come through that addiction. Mm -hmm. So I like, that's just from, from what I know of addiction and from what I know of CPTSD, that's mm. that's how it works with a lot of people, not necessarily everyone, but with a lot of people. So that's why, like that. So that that's why I feel like I understood that a little better because I do have CPTSD. So I'm like, no, 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 it was there. He was looking for a way to get rid of it, and mm. the way they showed it is you just see a flash of it and he reacts. But even when he's not actively reacting, he is actively trying to keep from having those flashbacks. He's oh, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. He's he's. He's like crying on the inside kind of show. Yes. It's so the struggle, that struggle that he had at the end when he didn't want to deal with his demons, he had that struggle every single day, every single moment. And he used drugs to help as a crutch to close the, keep the door closed. All right. So we're at, at the end now. Is there anything you would like to say in closing about Ray or Star Wars or anything? I, I really enjoyed this movie. I would say to anyone who has not watched Ray and has even the slightest interest in it after listening to this, you should definitely go check it out. It's a really good biopic. I think that the acting is really well done across the board, even the supporting characters. Everyone does a really good job. There's some really good cameos in there from um, uh, Regina King and Terrence Howard and a few other actors sprinkled throughout it. it it's It's a bit on the long side it's about two and a half hours so you know just be prepared for that but you don't feel the runtime while you're watching it there was there was never any point where i was watching it where i was like oh god how much longer is this going to be oh i'm bored like it, it it kept me engaged throughout and obviously the soundtrack is like chef's fucking kiss oh uh, well yeah because it's ray <laughs> yeah exactly it's, exactly it's ray charles it's amazing seeing how some of the stuff came to be like you know the time that he was he thought that he was done and they were like yo you got 20 more minutes and he just oh yeah he comes up with do what i say yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah which is like one of his best things ever it was like like, oh i I like this song where can i get it he's like i don't know it doesn't exist yet i'll tell him to record it (laughs) exactly yeah i think he was probably one of the best at improv you know Mm -hmm. so all right, cool. Where can people find you, SJW9000? That's a hell of a name. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, well, um, I am a Twitch streamer slash YouTuber. You can find me on either platform under the same name, SJW9000. I talk about politics. We play video games. We talk about movies sometimes. But it's it's mostly about politics. Okay, cool. All right. Thank you for coming and discussing. No, thank you for having me. This was a blast. I had a good time. Thanks. Cool. All right. See you later. If you like this episode, do us a favor. If you're listening through Apple, give us five-star rating or any other app. Drop us a like. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can hear new episodes when they come out. Thanks. Thanks.
Salam, 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 salam,